Amen. I mentioned this is a very, very special weekend, not only here at New Hope, but uh, across our nation and even around the world, wherever we have men and women in service that are serving our country. You know, uh, Memorial Day is a very special time. If you look the word memorial up in the dictionary, you'll find something like this. It's something designed to preserve the memory of a person or of an event. And uh, it's usually um, done through monuments that are erected or holidays that are observed. And for Memorial Day in our nation, we, we actually do both. We have a holiday, but you'll also find memorials that have been erected, monuments all across the country and even around the world in places where our military has served. Uh, Memorial Day actually grew out of a desire or a human need to remember where we've been. It's only when we remember where we've been that we're able to see clearly as to where we need to go. If we ever forget our history and our past, then we're in trouble because God had a purpose for the founding of this nation, and we need to continue to fulfill that purpose for his glory. Um, all of this was on the mind, I think, of President Abraham Lincoln when on no November the 19th in 1863, he traveled to that battleground in Pennsylvania uh, where such devastation had happened, and he stood to make a speech. And um, Abraham Lincoln, if you study his memoirs and, and the history, he actually feared that he might be the last president of the United States. Our nation was that divided. We were actually teeter-tottering on success or destruction, and he feared that he might be the last. And so he prayed for direction from God and wisdom from God. And he stood that day to dedicate a, a cemetery where over 40,000 men had fallen in a three-day battle in the month of July preceding his Gettysburg Address. And Lincoln's address that day provided the seedbed for what we now observe in our nation as Memorial Day. And um, so throughout history, we have continued that. It actually started off, it wasn't called Memorial Day, it was called uh, Decoration Day. What they did, this was before they had perpetual care cemeteries, and on a specific day, family and friends would come together to cemeteries to, to clean the grounds and spruce it up and then to bring flowers or decorations to, and to remember. It was a, really a family event. They would bring food. They'd have a whole day that they'd share together. Kids would play. And, and uh, then they would stop and remember those people that had given their lives. You know, in Psalms chapter 33, verse 12, there's a verse of scripture that says, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord and the people whom he hath chosen for his own inheritance. And I want to tell you, when you study our history, we have an heritage as Americans and we see the sovereignty of God in per, uh, protecting our nation 
You know, other attempts at civilization has, has uh, been uh, put forth. For example, Pericles tried to develop a civilization out of culture, and it failed. Alexander the Great established a civilization built on military genius, and it fell. Caesar uh, built a civilization on power, and it fell. And yet America has been blessed year after year after year after year. And here we are today celebrating yet another year of God's blessing on our nation and the freedom that we enjoy. I'd like for you to I would like for those of you that are here today, you have lost somebody in your family in military conquest sometime in the past, either a father, or mother, maybe even grandparents, a brother, sister, a son or a daughter, an aunt, an uncle, cousin. If anybody in your family um, gave the supreme sacrifice of their life uh, in service of our country, I'd like for you to stand. Would you do that? Anywhere in the building, please stand. Please stand. Yes. Remain standing for a few minutes, if you will, please. We're going to honor you with a, a big hand clap of thanks in just a minute for uh, the contribution your family has made. But before we do that, I'd like for us to pray for all of these families today and all of the other families on this weekend and tomorrow in particular that will be observing uh, Memorial Day. Let's pray that we never forget the sacrifice they made. Amen? Join me in prayer, would you? Father, we thank you. We are so blessed. This nation has been signally blessed by the divine hand of providence. You have blessed us spiritually, physically, materially. You've blessed us, Lord, with liberty and freedom. For these well over 200 years now, we thank you and we give you praise. And Lord, we thank you for the sacrifice. We know that, that this freedom did not come without a price tag. But thank you for men and women who were willing to step forth and give of their very lives so that we could continue to enjoy liberty in this nation. And I pray that you'll bless these that are standing today. And not only bless them and their families, but bless all of those that they represent. I pray for families all over the CSRA and all across the state of Georgia and our connecting states and all the way across the United States and even around the world where men and women are remembering today that somebody in their family paid the price, gave their life so that we could continue to enjoy the freedom and the God-given blessings of this country. Bless them now today, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Would you give them a great big hand? Thank you so much. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Well, continuing on that theme today, I'd like to um, just present briefly a story to you from the New Testament, Matthew chapter 26, and I'll read verses 6 to 13 in just a minute. But this incident happened in the life of our Lord Jesus shortly before his crucifixion. And the title of my message for these next few minutes is, what will, they what will They Remember? What Will They Remember? Let's read the story right out of Matthew. 
And Jesus was in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper. A woman came to him having an alabaster flax of very costly fragrant oil, and she poured it on his head as he sat at the table. But when his disciples saw it, they were indignant, saying, Why this waste? For this fragrant oil might have been sold for much and given to the poor. But when Jesus was aware of it, he said to them, Why do you trouble this woman? For she has done a good work for me. For you have the poor with you always, but me you do not have always. For in pouring this fragrant oil on my body, she did it for my burial. Assuredly, I say to you, wherever this gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will also be told as a, look at this, it's underlined, as a memorial to her. A memorial to her. I want to make three little short points out of this um, mess, out of this uh, incident today, and um, and then we will pray. The first thing I want you to notice that this woman saw an opportunity to lavishly worship the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, we've been talking about worship all of this quarter. In fact, we will continue. This, this quarter is devoted to rebuilding the wall of worship in this house. And so we've been talking about worship. Well, here's a woman that really knew something about worship. And this incident teaches us the importance of perceiving the true value of things. She saw, she, she took this very expensive flask of perfume and lavished it onto Jesus. But to her, there was no question as to whether Jesus was worth the price that she had paid. And by the way, when we say the expensive, I'm talking expensive. Most Bible uh, scholars will tell you that the value of that flask of oil, fragrant perfume, we would call it, that she poured on Jesus cost the equivalent of a year's salary or a year's wages. Can you imagine taking one year of what you have made, what you have worked for, for one solid year, your salary for an entire year, and, and, and buying this costly, expensive perfume, and then just pouring it out on the head of the Lord Jesus Christ. But she recognized the worth. And let me say this about worship. You, you could really take the word worth and put the ship on the end of that, and you would have exactly what worship is. It is worth-ship. We honor what we feel like is worthy, what is worth our praise, what is worth our exaltation, what is worth our e extravagant outpouring of praise. And, and that's what this woman, she saw this as an opportunity, and she wasn't about to let this opportunity pass her by. It was an opportunity to lavish her praise upon the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, to just let him know. It, it wasn't just a little, God bless you. I love you, Jesus. No, 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 no. This was a year of her life that she poured out on the Lord Jesus. I wonder when we come to church on Sunday morning, how worthy we really perceive that Jesus is of our praise. It, 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 does our worship really express from deep down in our heart what we really perceive the value 
of the Son of God and his gift to us with his life was really all about. Do, do we really comprehend it? Do we really, can we wrap our mind around it? Do we, do we lavish that kind of praise on him? This woman did. The second thing I notice about this woman is that uh, she, <laughs> she acted without hesitation. I mean, look at it. Here, here's an opportunity, and it's an opportunity of a lifetime. She saw it. Jesus is there, and, and she, she recognized, here, here's, I got one shot at this. I, I got right, right here. I got it with me. <laughs> the two have come together. I've got, a, I've got a year's worth of my life right here in this perfume flask, and here is the one who is worthy of all of my praise and all of my worship and all the honor that I can possibly give him. And she said, I'm not going to be intimidated by a bunch of disciples. Twelve disciples. And they're, they're putting her down. They're saying, oh, no, no, oh, my goodness. In fact, they complained after she did it. Verse 8, they, they, they grumbled. They said, why, 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 why did you, why this waste? They called it a waste. Why this waste of this perfume? We could have sold that and we could have distributed to the poor. Folks, I want you to understand something. There is a time to worship and there is a time to serve. And this woman recognized the difference between the two times. The disciples didn't. You know, most of the time the disciples were right and whoever it was accosting Jesus was wrong. But this is one time the woman was right and the disciples were wrong. How many times have you seen one right person outdo 12 men? You know, I, I saw something the other day that said, if a man makes a statement in the woods and nobody hears him, is he still wrong? <laughs> this, this woman was right. She got it right, folks, that the 12 disciples that had been walking with Jesus for three and a half years missed it. They, they said, no, 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 it's all about service. It's all about service. Folks, we're going to talk about service. And there is a place for service. And there is nothing like serving the Lord. But there is a time when we ought to worship the Lord. Amen. And, and, and it's okay. Hey, go ahead and give God some praise this morning. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay to pull back from your service sometime to just stop and give him praise. Glory to God. Amen. Remember when David came back from the, from the battle and he shouted himself plumb out of his kingly robe. And his wife looked out the window and she was plumb embarrassed. She was raised in a king's home, understand? Her daddy was Saul. And she was raised in a king's home. She knew about royalty. She knew about protocol. She knew about what kind of garments she's supposed to wear. And she understood all about how you're supposed to look when you're out in public as a king. And, and David is out there and he's dancing around. Looks like a priest. He looked like just one of the... One, one, and, and boy, she got on his case when he got home. And you know what David said? He said, basically, and you, you won't find this in any of the, any of the translations except mine... This is, he, he said, lady, you ain't seen nothing yet. 
You, 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 you think I worshiped God out there. You think I jumped and rejoiced and shouted and praised God. You just hang around me for a while. because He was a man after God's heart. Amen. There's a, there's a time to worship him with everything that's in you. There's a time to praise him with all you have. Amen. And so she took advantage. She acted. She said, you're not going to intimidate me. You're not going to hold me back. You're not going to, you're, you're not going to, I don't care what the protocol is around here. I have come to worship my master. And she poured a year's income right on the top of his head. And Jesus received it. And Jesus even said, you know what, disciples? This woman's, this is going to be a memorial for her. This is what people are going to remember her by. He said, wherever, throughout the whole world. Do you know this morning that we're fulfilling a prophecy of Jesus right here talking about it in this service? Here we are 2,000 plus years later and we're talking about that woman just like Jesus said we would. Because the Lord honors praise. He honors worship. He loves it when we get extravagant in our worship to him. So she acted without hesitation. She said, I'm not missing my opportunity. Can I say this to you this morning? There are times in life that are so strategic when destiny crosses opportunity. And it's, in, it's at that moment that we have the privilege to do something an opportunity that may never come our way again. Don't miss those opportunities in life. Don't, don't let those things go by. When the Holy Spirit prompts you that this is the moment, this is the time, speak to that person, bless that person, do something to that person. You, you just never know what the Lord has in mind. You, you don't know what he may be saying to you. I was sitting at the Cracker Barrel one time several years ago. And, and, and the, we, the lady that had served us and we were fixing to leave and the Holy Spirit spoke to me and, and I had a large bill in my pocket. I don't normally have large bills in my pocket. And the Holy Spirit said, give it to that lady. And, uh, and I was trying to fig figure out a way to do it. And so I, I folded it up uh, and, and where I could put her hand. And, and when she came back to, to hand us the check, I said, ma'am, uh, let, let me speak to you just a moment. Please don't take this wrong. This, this, there's no strings attached to this. This is nothing in the world except what I feel like is a prompting from the Lord to just say to you, God bless you. And that's all this means. I want you to take this. And I just shook her hand and, and I put it in her hand. And then I, I jumped up and, and was trying to get out as, as quickly as I could. And she went back to the kitchen and I heard her when she opened it and looked at it. She screamed. I could hear her all the way to the cash register at the front. She screamed. And I, like I said, I got out of there as quick as I could. It, it was a long time before I went back in that particular Cracker Barrel again, but I, I was back in there a long time later. Faye and I were in there one evening, and she came to the table with tears in her eyes, and she said, I was about to lose my car that, that, that morning that, that you blessed me. I was about to lose my car, and, 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 and th this, this saved the day. She said, it just, just absolutely turned things around for me. And she said, let me tell you about the blessings that the Lord has 
poured on my life since then. And, and she went on to give me her testimony. It was a great testimony of what God had done for her. And, and, uh, and you, you just, those, those moments when the Holy Spirit speaks, destiny is crossing opportunity. Don't, don't miss those opportunities. And this woman said, you're not cheating me out of my opportunity, brother. You're not, I, I don't care what the protocol is around here. I'm not missing this. This is my chance. And she blessed the Lord with an extravagance of worship. And third and finally, she left us a challenge. I don't know about you, but I'm challenged by what this little woman did here. I want to ask you a question today. What will be your memorial? What will people remember you by when you're gone from this life? And by the way, that's not going to be very long. I'm not, trying to, I'm not trying to be pessimistic. In fact, I think it's the most optimistic thing that I can say this morning. We don't have much. Praise God. I'm getting excited about a new body and a new life and a new city and a new place and living with my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And he's prepared a place for me in the Father's house. Amen. That, that's a promotion. I'm, I'm excited about that. lady came to me after the first service and she said, my, my granddad passed away this week. He was 95 years old. I said, I'm so sorry. I didn't know. And she said, uh, oh, don't worry about it. Said he was so ready to go. Said he told us he, he was ready. He was excited about going. Man, that's, that's the way you ought to go. Amen. Go out of here with excitement. But the point is, none of us are going to be around a whole lot longer. We're going to leave this world. And when we're gone, what are they going to remember you by? What are they going to say about you? They're going to say, boy, he sure drove a sharp-looking car. Man, I like that car he drove. <laughs> are they going to say, man, he lived in a beautiful house? What are they going to say? What are your kids going to say? He went to the ball games with you. Now, listen, now that stuff's important with your family. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to go put that down. If you've got a kid that plays sports, you ought, to, you ought to go to their ball games if you possibly can. You ought to encourage them and support them. I'm, I'm, I'm for that. But you've heard me say before, you ought to applaud character as much as you do talent. Every kid's not talented in music. Every kid's not talented in sports. And I don't care what the talented it or not talented it. If they take out the garbage without complaining, you ought to, yay, wow. Look at you, man. Way to go. I am proud of you. <laughs> Amen. Applaud character. That's what, that's what encourages character. Build it up. Build it up. But what are they going to remember you by? The most important thing you can do is sow the word of God into your children's lives. Because that's eternal. That's going to last after you're gone. Amen. They, they go, they, you know, it, it's, 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 uh, they, they'll, they'll, they'll forget about watching the ball game with you, but they're not going to forget if you can get the word of God into their spirit, because that will grow and produce unto eternal life. I've got family in Houston, Texas, and I got family in San Diego, California. That means I'm separated from my family most of the time, most of the year. I don't get to see them very often at all. But I have told them in no uncertain terms, 
It's okay. You live wherever God leads you and whatever opportunities open for you. But you just make sure that you live right and we can meet in heaven because then we're going to have eternity together. Amen. 10 million years from now, we're going to be enjoying the presence of the Lord together if we sow the word of God into their lives. Make sure that you understand what's important and follow up on that. K.P. Yonanan was a former Hindu from India. He's now the director of uh, Gospel for Asia. And he wrote a book entitled Revolution of World Missions. And in it, he tells a story that really touched my heart. He goes back to when the Lord first started dealing with him about missions and he started sharing it with other people. He said, I feel like God has called me to Asia and I want to I want to do something to get the gospel to the Asians. And there was a, a lady here in America that was on a fixed income that heard Brother KP telling about his heart's desire to share the gospel with the Asian nations. And she immediately began to support him. Like I said, she was on fixed income and her income was very small. But here's what she did. The first thing she did, she had her telephone disconnected and she had her television disconnected. And she took what she would have been spending on her telephone and on her television and she started sending it every month for missions. Every month, every month. It never wavered. It never decreased every month. Doesn't matter if she was going through a tough time or whatever, every month, same amount. Wasn't a large amount, but it was consistent every month, every month, every month, without change, every month, every month, until one day the amount was just a little bit more than it had been in the past. And there was a little note attached. And she said, Brother KP, I just want you to know it occurred to me that I don't have to have hot water to bathe in. And I had my hot water heater disconnected and it saved me a little more money and I was able to increase my giving to missions this month. And I just want to encourage you to keep telling people in Asia about Jesus. Just keep up the good work. Keep up the good work. Like that little woman in the Bible this lady saw an opportunity to give extravagantly to the Lord. Oh, it, it, didn't, it, it didn't amount to a lot as some people's income would amount to, but that's not how God judges it anyway. Remember when Jesus was watching them in the temple give the offering and the little widow woman went by and dropped in two pence? And Jesus said she gave more than anybody else here today. All those guys that had the trumpeters to blow and dropped in the big gifts at the offering said she outgave them all. They gave out of their abundance. She gave out of her the old English word penury or her want. What she needed for herself, she sacrificed and gave to the Lord. Tomorrow's Memorial Day and we'll honor the sacrifices of brave men and women. Why did they give such a valuable gift? Let me tell you why. Because they were purchasing something that they realized that was of more value than even their own lives. 
and that was our liberty. And that's what sacrifice does. Sacrifice gives something very valuable for something that's even of greater value. What will your memorial be? What will they remember you by? You know, we have so much in this country. We're so blessed. I look around today and everybody looks like they've been fed. Those of you that haven't, you look like you're sitting on ready to get to the restaurant <laughs> and make up for lost time. We're so blessed. We're so blessed. I had a hot shower this morning. That little lady turned her water heater off so she could give just a little bit more to missions. Let me tell you something. After my hot shower is all forgotten and in the past, there'll be people in heaven that that woman's power bill decreased amount brought them into the kingdom of God. Wow. What really counts? Give God praise. Will you stand with me this morning? As we celebrate tomorrow, let's stop today and ask ourselves what, what's really valuable? What's really valuable? I love to see those big, nice boats on the, on the lake. They're a lot of fun. But I want to tell you, my Lord Jesus is more valuable than anything in all this world. I'm not trying to get you not to have any fun tomorrow. And even on the lake, if it's pretty weather. But don't let this world get your attention until it grabs your worship when there is something much more important that we need to worship. Or should I say someone much more important that we should lavish extravagantly our worship upon. You know, you know we, could, we could probably all find a little something that we could do a little extra. And it'd be amazing what Brother Michael would be able to do in Columbia with just what we could increase if we just looked at it right. Amen. And, and here's the amazing thing about my heavenly father. I have noticed that when God finds people that are willing to give, to be a conduit, he gives them some more so they can give some more. Amen. R.L. Letourneau, way back in World War II, he built heavy machinery. His company did. And he gave his heart to the Lord, and he started giving 10% of his income. God started blessing him. And he said, you know, I, I believe I give 15% of my income. And he started giving 15%, and God blessed him some more. And he said, you know, I think I'll really stretch out there and see if I can't give 25% of my income. And he did, and God blessed him even more. Long, long story short, he spent 
most of his life given 90% of his income and living on 10. And God made him a multimillionaire. In fact, if you study the history of World War II, we were losing in the areas where we were having to fight in the sand in the desert until R.L. Letourneau in prayer was given the formula by his heavenly father to make tanks and heavy equipment that could stand the heat and the sand. And it turned those battles around. And we started winning. A man that was just sold out to God. You know, it, it's hard telling what would happen this morning if, if New Hope would just become a church of extravagant worship. We'd just lavish on the Lord our worship. It'd be, it'd be amazing what God would start doing with us and doing for us and doing through us and, and how God would start using us. Anybody, anybody willing to be that kind of person? You'd say, Lord, I, I'm, I'm here. If you want to give me an idea, I'm open for it. I, I, and I'll give you all the credit, give you all the glory, give you all the praise, give you all the honor. Just worship you with it. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed. I want any prayer team members that are here this morning, if you'd come forward, any board members and, and uh, grow group leaders or small group leaders, any, any of those that will help us today. we got a lot of staff out of town, so if, if you could help us, we'd appreciate it. I want to give you an opportunity to pray. And I want to say to those of you that are standing here today that may not know Jesus as your Savior, you, you may not know this morning if you died today that you'd be ready to meet God why don't you take advantage of this opportunity and, and let God come in your heart and life today. He'll make a change. Give him your heart and life. It'll be the greatest decision you ever made when all of a sudden you started thinking about eternity and not just tomorrow. If that's you, I want you to come forward during this prayer time. Give your heart to Jesus. If you're away from the Lord, you once had an experience with God. You've grown cold and indifferent. Maybe you backslidden. You just, you're not living for God now. You once did. Why don't you come and renew your covenant with God today? Why don't you just come and say, Lord, I, I want to come home. I just want to, I want to renew my fellowship with you. And if you have other needs, maybe you need healing for your body or you have a financial need or a family need or whatever it is you'd like to come. Maybe some of you would just like to come this morning and say, Preach, I'd just, I just like to come around the altar today. Maybe you just want to stand here and just worship the Lord for a few minutes and just lavish some praise on him before you go. The altar's open. In the next few minutes, however you feel led, God bless you. We invite you to come. We'd love for you to come. Come on, the altar's open. God bless you as you pray. Thank you.